up everyone this is joe and welcome to the jesus talks podcast it is not an accident that you are here listening to this podcast and i am thankful that you are here jesus loves you and he has so much for you my prayer throughout this whole podcast is that you can come to know him more in intimacy you can learn about him you can grow alongside me and you can just fall deeper and deeper in love with the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. I love you. I care for you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace out. Hello. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus Talks podcast. Today, I have a guest, Ian Leninger. What's up? Best freaking friend. <laughs> and I dude, I'm glad to have you here. Um, I would love for you to just tell the people who you are, what you do, and how you know me, and maybe just give them a little information on okay. all that stuff. Yeah. So what's up guys? My name is Ian Leninger. I am a student athlete at Wingate University. I'm on the swim team. I love just like being outside and I love all things Jesus and ultimately I'd love to end up in the medical missions field. I have a heart for the medically underserved populations and I met Joe at a worship night literally just about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. And we've been friends since and it was just kind of a God thing. And I pray that God blesses you guys with friendships that just happen organically and when you least expect it. But it was actually a big answer to prayer for me that I met Joe. So Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, dude. I didn't expect to cry this early on into the thing, but <laughs> nah, man, guys, Ian is a, a wonderful man of God. And I think something cool about this podcast is that we just have the ability to bring in a lot of different voices because I never want me to be the only thing you're hearing. But ultimately, our heart for this is that you guys listen to what we have to say and hopefully take some good advice and we want you to know that beyond what we say, if you can't find what we're saying in scripture, then don't believe us because ultimately we are just trying to be mouthpieces for the gospel and we are trying to be ambassadors for Christ. But we also want you guys to not just be consumers. We want you guys to be disciples and pastors yourselves in whatever capacity God has you in. So, you know, search the Bible, be, read along with us as we're diving into different scriptures. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys just what today's podcast is about. So this is going to be a bonus episode attached to the new episode I'm releasing. And that episode is talking about practical evangelism. Super fun. But since we haven't been on in a while, I added this bonus one. We've been collecting some questions from the people of Instagram. And <laughs> I've, I've brought it down to about 11 or 12-ish. And we're just going to you know, dive into these questions, tackle them with our Bibles in front of us. And kind of see where God takes it. We'll we'll try to give you guys both of our perspectives and get through them as fast as possible because I know that you guys had a lot of questions and we want to make sure we can answer everything. I will tell you all before we start that a lot of you guys had the same questions. So sometimes I just kind of combined stuff that was similar. And also there's always a lot of dating questions. So I combined most of them into maybe two or three big ones. And we're just going to, we're going to get at it. So I'm going to let Ian pray for us and we're going to dive in. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the fact that we can come to you. I thank you for the fact that um, we can just learn from your word and share it with others, Lord. I pray that um, we're burdened by the things that break your heart, Lord. I pray that um, we we walk around with this desire to just surrender our lives, surrender our hearts to you. I pray that we, we just allow you to mold us into the, the people that you've called us to be. I pray that the things that are on um, the people's hearts, the questions that they may have above all else, Lord, that they look to you and that they see yeah. the, the realness of the gospel, Lord. The fact that the Bible was written thousands of years ago, but it's still applicable today says a lot. And so I pray that the, the, the word of your, like the Pete, your people, the people that uh, wrote the Bible, Lord, I pray that the words that they, they transcribed through your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that they're alive in us today. And I pray yeah. that we're able to just live them out. And I pray that we're open to the correction. Sometimes it's hard and it's, it's hard to live a Christ centered life, Lord, because our hearts are sinful, Lord, but you, you call us to pick up our cross daily and surrender and ask you for strength. And so I pray that as we walk and navigate through life, that we're just um, constantly fixing our eyes upon you and not what everyone else is telling us to do, but we just look to your word. And I thank you for this time. Thank you for Joe and that we have together. And I just pray that, um, we're able to speak life in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. So guys, we're just gonna dive right into some of these questions. I won't say the names of the people that asked them just for privacy purposes, but I'll definitely throw these questions out here. So the first one is from a girl and she is asking a question that I think is pretty profound. She said, I have had someone tell me, some of my friends tell me in the past that I love too hard. And sometimes it has even been a hindrance in our friendships and something that's kind of disconnected us. Mm -hmm. So number one, is it possible to love someone too love or to, too much or to love them overbearingly? And number two, how do you handle that conversation and, and bringing peace to that situation and kind of that conflict? I'll let you dive into that and start with that yeah that's a that's a tough question but i think the the reality of it just simply comes down to the fact that so often um it's really i i can relate to this question and the fact that um i feel like i'm pretty open with people and sometimes that catches people off guard and so the reality of this question is the fact that we've all experienced love in different ways and we all receive love in different ways and so the fact that maybe somebody feels like your love is overbearing is maybe just because of the way that they receive love is not how you're showing them love. And that's not anyone's fault. Um, and that's just the reality of human relationships. And so I would just caution you not to beat yourself up too much over this thing that's weighing on your heart and just continue to, to just ask questions, communicate well with this person, ask them, how, how can I love you better than, do you feel like my love is overbearing? Um, and then ultimately, just like if they're not receptive to that, um, then there are times when we just have to be able to walk away from relationships if maybe they're just not a good fit. Um, and just the way that we interact isn't necessarily beneficial for the both of us. And that's okay. And that's not necessarily like a personal thing. It's just it comes down to how we mesh. And um, love is hard to navigate, but I think ultimately just clear communication and understanding um, the different ways that people receive love. Absolutely. I won't add too much to that because I think you hit the nail on the head for sure. I will just mention that, you know, love is our greatest commandment from God. And yeah. 
he loves us in a lot of different ways and all of us being uniquely created, we're going to love in different ways. So like Ian said, never be upset if somebody receives love in a different way than you. I think whenever that happens and it leads to maybe some kind of conflict, the best thing you can do is like Ian said, have a conversation, figure out how you guys best receive love and move forward. And like he said, again, if that isn't going to move forward and someone can't deal with the way that you love, or they think your love is overbearing, Maybe that isn't a relationship that God wants for you. So that doesn't mean that you stop loving them by any means. Love them harder, but maybe love them through prayer. Maybe love them through encouragement and support mm, that's and, really have a, and, t- and take a couple steps away. Because at the end of the day, there's like, like Ian said, there's nothing wrong. It's no one's fault, but protect each other's hearts and just let the Lord really help you discern and let the spirit really help you discern how to best navigate through that situation. But don't let this ever be a reason that you stop loving people because our main call as Christians is to love people well. So continue to love people well. I would honestly err on the side of over-loving people instead of under-loving people. Yeah, 100%. Amen. Absolutely. So the next question is one of our relationship ones. And we have a girl who has a boyfriend who is a year older than her. And they've been dating all through high school, but he is going off to college. And she just wants to know, what's some practical advice on how to handle being in a relationship that was very close and then having it switched to long distance for the first time. What should you do? What shouldn't you do? How do you keep that relationship stable and good and all those things? Ian, I know that you have had experience in a long distance relationship. So speak some wisdom into that. Yeah. So I think like Joe said, I did have some experience, a very similar situation actually um, in high school. She went off to college and I was still in high school and it was, it was tough but it, I think it worked out a good bit and it worked well. And I think the one of the factors that allowed it to work well was setting up expectations and just asking before um, your boyfriend leaves, just ask like, what, what are you expecting from the season in our relationship? Um, and understanding that like the way that you love each other now when he's physically present is going to be different than the way that you love each other when you're separated by distance the way that you communicate is going to be different and that's okay. I would err over on the side of like, don't over communicate. It's really easy to communicate with somebody because it's natural. And it's just the person that you've been talking to because you've been dating. Um, but yeah. in distance, you don't want to have like that 24 seven relationship. You want your conversations to be fruitful at the end of the day or is whenever you talk um, and just also give him grace as he moves um, into this next season, like that transition period is probably going to be like, there's a lot of changes that happen. And so there might be a little bit of strain on the relationship, but I think if you're both willing and you're both on the same page, then I think distance is totally a, a viable option. I agree. And I think specifically to this situation, since he's moving off to college, we know what it's like to have freshman year at a college. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of information thrown at you. It's a lot of changes you're figuring out what it's like to get to know your roommates, what your schedule looks like. So know right. that the first couple months is going to be a lot of time. So there may not be as much communication. So on the guy's side, just be clear about the fact that like, Hey, maybe, maybe I won't be able to talk to you today. So let me just let you know now. So you don't think I'm ignoring you or mm-hmm. she can just give him like, like Ian said, give him some grace and know that there's going to be a transition period. Ultimately, if you guys are loving each other and communicating with each other and you're honoring God space, shouldn't really ruin anything. What I will say, this is a side note is a lot of times space is going to be very revealing. If your guy's relationship was purely physical, 
if you guys move far apart and there's no longer physicality, you're going to see if that you guys were really there for each other's character or if you were just there for what you could give to each other. So don't be surprised if space reveals some things that you may not have known when you guys are close mm. together. So that's okay. When we move into new seasons, it's not that it's not able to work, but you learn things when you move into new seasons. And sometimes when you transition into a new season, God may have something different for you. So just make sure you're being prayerful in this time, but it's not, nothing to stress about, nothing to get worried about. Ultimately, if God wants you guys together, you'll stay together. And if you guys continue to love each other well, communicate well, it shouldn't be bad. Honestly, distance for me, I think in my relationship, when I experienced distance, it was helpful for me because I recognized that, hey, maybe I was idolizing this person. Maybe I was trying to be with them all the time. So when they weren't right in front of me, I had the opportunity to get into some new things to really spend more time with Christ, make him more central in my life and have yeah. more hobbies. I got to do more and it didn't change our relationship. It honestly strengthened our relationship. So mm. hopefully they're strengthening in that. Hopefully you pulled something from that. Um, the next question is one about prayer. And it's probably one that we have all asked as, as new Christians. How do you pray? <laughs> like simply put <laughs> this, this girl has, she, she said that she's been a Christian for a little bit of time, but nobody's ever walked her through it. And she doesn't have a prayer life at all yet. So how do you start a prayer life just from the ground up? And, and I'll start and I'll let Ian finish. First things first, first Thessalonians, we see from Paul, just a short command, pray without ceasing. And then some translations gives you pray uh, uncontrollably, pray without stopping. Um, there's a lot of ways to take it, but what we can grab from that is prayer is integral if Paul is telling us to never stop praying. So obviously there's a reason that we should be praying consistently. And I think that when we put prayer inside the box of just asking God for things or telling God things, we're like, how can I be praying consistently? Like how there's, I don't have enough to tell him. And that's kind of how you figure out maybe I wasn't praying the right way. Because mm -hmm. if you treat prayer as a relationship with Jesus and just as you guys being together, you'll have a lot more to talk about. If you have confined God to just to ask and request God, prayer becomes super hard and honestly really easy to fall out of doing because it feels so tedious that you stop. When prayer becomes colorful and, and your prayer life becomes very vivid and it's just sometimes it's you saying, Jesus, let's just talk for a while. Like, let me act like you're next to me in the car or Jesus, let me just thank you for all the things you're doing. Or for me, something that I've really started to practice is just making it a dialogue where I never have to start and finish my prayers just throughout the day. I just will talk to God. Like he's there with me. I'll be like, Hey God, thank you for that conversation I just had. Or like right now I'll get off this. I'll get off this call and say, God, thank you for that wonderful podcast. Or it's God. Wow. I'm so challenged by what you're doing in scripture right now, or if I'm about to start reading my Bible. Lord, just give me patience. Give me diligence. If I'm about to start doing schoolwork, just small things throughout the day, not saying there still can't be huge, big 20 minute prayer moments, but also let there be small 30 second ones. There's no wrong way to talk to God. You just have to make sure you're coming from the right posture. So if you're coming from a posture of surrender and of just glorifying him and wanting to know him more, it, he's not going to care if you call him father or dad or Lord. He just wants to spend time with you. So if you can make prayer spending time with God, it becomes a lot easier to do. If you keep prayer as just a, a certain way of doing it, almost as it's a routine or a checklist, it becomes very hard because when you lose the relationship, there's no reason to pray anymore. What do you think, Ian? What does prayer look like in your life specifically? 
That's really good. Um, I love what you said. And I think I can relate to this a lot. I grew up in the church, but it was really weird to begin praying to myself. It felt like <laughs> just talking to myself and it's kind of weird, but um, I think ultimately, like you said, it's, it's a relationship. So you just have to be honest and just communicate. And it, I love this like acronym acts. It's just adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And what that means is just simply mm. starting off with knowing who God is through his word, knowing his character, that's adoration, praising him, confession, bring anything to mind that like you need to confess anything that has produced a barrier between yourself and God or yourself and someone else. And then thanksgiving, just praise the Lord for what he has done and what he will do. And then hmm. supplication, you can just take your concerns or requests and present them at the feet of Jesus. And once you've prayed those things, you just walk away knowing that you've laid them down um, and you can just walk walk free and understand that the Lord's going to take care of it. Thy will yeah. be. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, and and I know be, that yeah, you, I'll let you finish, dude. And, and yeah, and just be consistent. Keep a prayer journal. It helps you be able to see hmm. how God answers your That's prayer. Um, and it just keeps you um, in that routine. I'm glad I didn't cut you off because that little journal, that little journal reference is so wise. I would, I would echo what Ian just said. Make sure you write down some of your prayers. I think it's been super fruitful for me and Ian, like, cause we both do this to look back and maybe read some of the things that I was praying last year and see if they've came to fruition now and look back at some of the things I was requesting of God and just watch how he's answered certain stuff and how he's done some things in the complete opposite way of what I was asking, but it turned out okay. So that's always good to do. We're going to take the next question in another direction. Someone is asking just about, we, we both are freshly out of high school in the last couple of years. And she's saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I, I love the Lord, but I'm stepping into a public high school where that's not really the norm. How do I handle the loving Jesus in an environment that does not love Jesus at all? And honestly, we could probably talk about this one for a whole podcast, but we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll try to keep we'll try to keep it into a few practical tips. Um, I'll I'll say first off, this reminds me of just Daniel three, and it's kind of a weird comparison, but I hopefully we can see fruition in this. Daniel three is we have King Nebuchadnezzar, and he is the Babylonian king. He's ruling that empire. And he, he makes that image of gold, like the 60 cubit high and 60 cubit wide image of gold in Babylon. And he's calling for everyone to bow down and worship this image of gold, this idol. And then we have Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're not going to bow to the statue. So I imagine like King Nebuchadnezzar, he's looking out across all of his people. And he just sees all of these people bowing and doing the exact same thing and then we have four dudes standing and they stick mm. out like a sore thumb he sees them they're not doing what they're asked of and, and that's kind of what, it, what it's like in high school as a christian sometimes everybody has all of these idols everybody is worshiping drugs and partying and drinking and sex and being popular and then you have you as a christian and god's like hey be set apart from the world so you're set apart and you're acting and living in a way that nobody else is living and everyone's looking at you like, what the heck are you doing? So in those moments, it's going to seem like super tough. And to be honest, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says it's not going to be tough. And I think that some people, some youth pastors don't want to talk about that with their high schoolers because they think it's too soon. 
But we got to be honest. Like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. When you start following God, we all have the same <laughs> Holy Spirit, and we all have the same we all have the same Bible. So we have to be real about what the Bible says. And the Bible tells us, He said, "Hey, if they hate you, they know that they hated me first." In the Gospel of John, Jesus is adamant about that at the Passover meal. He tells them, like, one, you're going to be set apart from the world. Two, being set apart from the world is not going to be easy, and you're probably going to be hated. But know that if they hate you. They've already hated me. They've already persecuted me. They've already been angry with me. So if you're facing those things, honestly, take that as a sign that you're on the right path. But on the other side of it, know that while you're living a way that nobody else is living, it's almost like you've been given a secret that nobody else knows about, but it's a secret you get to tell. I have, a, uh, I have a youth that I disciple, and the way that he evangelizes the kids is he says, hey, if you knew that I was going to die and there was a way you could save me, wouldn't you want to tell me? And that's how it is with this. You look about all these people at your school and it's, you know something that could save their eternity. Wouldn't you want to tell as many people as possible? So don't look at it as like a, oh, I'm by myself. I'm just going to be alone. I'm going to quit. I'm going to switch to private school. I'm going to switch to online. To be honest, I switched to online school because I couldn't handle it. But I look back at it every day and I wish I had stayed because one at a time when you show people love and kindness and they see the way that you're acting and they're like, hey, that's different from the way I act. You can slowly show people who Jesus is. So, yeah. obviously, it's going to suck at times. Like, let's, let's be real and use some unbiblical terminology. It's going to suck. It will absolutely suck. Living apart from the world is, is hard because you're apart from the world, meaning they're there, you're here, and we have this need to fit in and to be seen. So, it's going to be rough. But what I'll, I'll tell you and I'll finish with is this. Loving Jesus was never supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be worth it. And the worth that comes from that moment of glorification when you get to finally meet with him, where the bridegroom meets the bride, that's what we're living for. And you want as many people as possible to be a part of that. You want to make heaven very crowded. So love people well and continue to love people well. Ian, it actually reminded me of something that you texted me. I don't know if you remember the text about a week ago. And it had to do with just like the way that we treat nonbelievers and friends now and this culture of, Christians only being around Christians and hating being around anybody else besides Christians. You remember that text? Yeah. It's a quote. Um, I forget who, who wrote the book. Um, but it's about like, if we become like, we become isolated in our own Christian circles that we no longer have contact with the world we seek to impact. Mm, that, I just, just speak in, in terms of this question. I think that's really applicable. Yeah. So I want you to just speak more on what the Lord has taught you through that. Right. So I would just say that, like Joe was saying, it's going to be really challenging and it's going to be really hard, but it, and there's a tendency to want to just be like by yourself to flee temptation, like the Bible says. And I think that there's a good heart behind that. But in that same light, you also have to be able to be like, okay, I'm here at school. I can't escape the, you know, eight hours of my day that I'm here. So I'm going to make it worthwhile. I'm going to talk to the kids that maybe the teacher don't like. I'm going to talk to the kids that maybe are bullied. I'm going to talk to the kids that don't don't have anyone to sit with at lunch. And I'm going to love people well. I'm going to lead by example because I interact with the people that other people are just not vibing with. And I think Mm. that the biggest advice that I would have to give on this topic is just simply live by example. And invite people in and on your imperfection. Because I think a lot of people view Christians as like the snobby, especially like in high school, right? It's like kind of yeah. like snobby, like, oh, like goody two shoes. But like if you can invite people in and what you're walking through and just bring them alongside of you as you grow closer to Jesus, you're going to find that so many people will be a lot more receptive to that than just like, you know, shoving the gospel down their throat. Just read into situations and just live like Jesus. Absolutely. And 
obviously, like you said, the Bible's important, but you don't want to Bible bash people because if people yeah. don't know the Lord, they're not living by the same moral code as you. So you can't call them out for sin because it's not sin to them. So what you have to do is get to know them and love them. And Ian walks this out really well because Ian's at a school that's mostly secular and he's one of the few Christians there and he walks us out every day and he has so many friends and he loves so many people and he has great relationships there. And not all of them are with Christian people. Most of them aren't. So you're able, we're able to do this. We just have to change this persona of Christians being snobby and judgmental and hateful and switch it to, Hey, they love so radically. Even if I don't follow Jesus, like I want to be their friend and I want to know them. I think like what Ian was saying in the quote is super simple to think about. We got to be friends with people who don't know of Jesus. We don't have to cater to the people that already know him. We want to cater to the ones that don't know him. So live a life that's worthy of everyone loving you. Because at the end of the day, yeah. if you're loving people well, that's transcendent beyond Christianity. When you love yeah. people well, you're a good friend to everyone. Right. And I, love, I think, I, in, yeah, I love it. I Continue. think in Matthew 9, Jesus says, he's talking to the disciples. He says, like, is it not the doctor that comes for the doctor doesn't come for the healthy, but the sick. Um, yeah. Well, wow. it's that, that same idea, right? Like if you have the gospel, like, you need to share it with people in order to share it. You have to know people who don't know the Lord. Absolutely. Let's try to get two more in before our, our ad break. Uh, a super quick one. This is, I appreciate the honesty of this question. Um, someone wanted to know, how do I start to like sitting through long church and worship services? <laughs> and like, Hey bro. And like, honestly, like we laugh at that, but I feel like it's so real. It's it's so real, yeah. Like, and yeah, I think I've that I, I that. was I was there at one point. Absolutely. It's like you know, I love Jesus and I want to love Jesus, but dang, you know, I don't want to sit in here. It's just boring, like that kind of thing. It's a mm-hmm. human reaction, and yeah. I'll say one thing about worship, and then I'll let Ian kind of handle this one real quick. But for me, I, I had to come to a realization that church wasn't for me. Mm. Church, <laughs> church is for Jesus. If a pastor is doing what he's supposed to be doing, he shouldn't be catering the service to the people. He should be catering the service to Jesus. And we're just all coming together to worship Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. The early church is formed. The word church itself is formed from the word ecclesia, which was a gathering of people gathering to worship Jesus. So it wasn't a building and it definitely wasn't people gathering to be served like it's a movie theater. It was saying, hey, we're going to come together and worship Christ. So, the, so a worship service, a church service is saying, hey, let's all gather together and glorify God. So if worship is three songs or 20 songs, it shouldn't really matter because we're not worshiping as if it's a concert. We're worshiping Jesus. So that's yeah. us saying, oh, he doesn't deserve four. He only deserves three. Well, if Jesus had said, hey, you don't deserve life, you deserve death, we wouldn't be here. And I don't want to like put fear in your mind and, and scare you into to doing it. But it's real for me when I'm in these moments where I'm feeling super in the flesh and just don't want to be in a service and I'm bored and I, there's better things to do in my mind. I have to remember that Jesus died on that cross for me. And he knew that I may never know him, but he chose to do it anyways. And that kind of love, that kind of care that is deserving of a lifetime of worship back to him. And to be real, it took me, a long time following Jesus to get to a point where I really could start to feel that way. What I would say is continue to abide, continue to find ways for yourself to praise Jesus. Even if you need to listen to a podcast, if you need to listen to worship music, whatever way you connect with Jesus, keep chasing it. Cause as you begin to connect with Jesus and, and know him more relationally and in intimacy, it'll become easier. What do you think Ian? 
Yeah, I think that's really good. I think practically just casting this heart of maybe not feeling a desire to be at church and just laying it at the feet of Jesus and asking the Holy Spirit to give you that. Um, Our hearts are sinful and our hearts don't want to be hearing the hard truth, the reality Mm. of our sin. And so I think it is to an extent a supernatural um, thing to begin to desire. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Absolutely. And the last question is a, is a good one to end on before the ad break. So somebody's asking, Hey, my dad is not a Christian, but he is the best person I know and the kindest person I know. How can I accept the fact that without Christ, he's not going to go to heaven? No, that's a, uh, that's real. No. <laughs> that's super real. And, and first off, just thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. And thank you for even giving us the opportunity to speak about it. It's a hard topic, and this comes from two people who have daddy issues, per se. <laughs> yeah. This comes from two people who have dealt with this inside of our families. Like, it, mm-hmm. It's a hard realization to think and be like, hey, somebody in my family may not be with me in heaven. I think for some people, that is a reason why they don't follow Jesus. They're like, oh, right. God, is, if God is so good, why would he let me be apart from someone I love? And... I think in a practical way, kind of just to tackle the first part of he's a good person. What I will say is this. It says this in Luke. I think it's Luke 6. I want to say 30. Luke, Luke 6, 32. It says, uh, even sinners love those who love them. Mm-hmm. So just because you don't know Jesus, that doesn't mean that you automatically don't have the ability to be a great person. Some of the most incredible people I know don't know Jesus. Right. So I'm not saying that you can't be a great person. You can be of wonderful character. You can be super loving. You can be super kind. You can be fantastic and not know Jesus. So just because someone's kind and great, that doesn't mean their eternity is saved. The honest Mm. biblical truth is this. We see it in Ephesians 2. We are saved through grace, through faith. We have to recognize that the only way for us to see heaven, the only way for anybody else to see heaven is to know that Jesus died for them, to accept him as a savior, And to know that his grace and his love bore the penalty for our sins. We are all sinners. And it says in Romans 6, you know, we were dead to our sin. We were supposed to die for our sin. Jesus paid the penalty for us. So until we recognize that and and live lives dedicated to believing and loving him, we can't inherit heaven. And we look at it from a perspective of somebody who's non-Christian and it seems unfair. But when I look at it from what I know now, and Ian can probably agree with this, it's really fair. It's probably mm-hmm. way more than we deserve. It's definitely way more than we deserve. I don't know. All of you mainstream Christians have heard reckless love. You know, I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. And that's, that's the, like, that feels very Caleb to say, but it's the truth. We couldn't have earned what he did for us on the cross. There's no way we deserve it. So the fact that he died for us at all, that is way more than what we deserve. So for me, the reason I live for Jesus is because I see the sacrifice he made for me. And, and I know that there's nobody else that loves like that. And if I get to know him and I, and I have faith in him, I'll slowly become like him. And all I want to do is be like Jesus because what he did, like nobody else can do. The way he lived, nobody else can live like. So I want to dedicate my life to living in the same way and loving in the same way. And obviously it's, it's a hard topic and it's rough. But what you can do is say, hey, instead of just getting mad, let me do everything I can as someone who knows Jesus to show my dad, my mom, my grandpa, my grandma, my uncle, my aunt, show them what Jesus's love looks like. Mm. 
and be an example for it every day. Ultimately, the spirit's going to do work. God still loves them and has a plan for them. And I'm believing that he has set aside somebody to be that in their life. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think too, like as much as somebody can be a good person or we can view that person in a highlight, um, I think ultimately like there's a joy that's missing from people, no matter how good they are. Hmm. Um, And so you can just live again by that example. And you're going to have a joy that's so unique that, your dad is going to look at you and be like, you're the only person that I know, or at least I see a common denominator between you and other Christians that I know. And that's the prayer and that's the hope. And so I would just say, continue to love well, continue to live well, continue to just, you know, drop Jesus in conversations and things. But ultimately like you just have to surrender that to the Lord. And um, yeah, you're totally, it's totally appropriate and totally okay to be burdened by that, but don't let it consume you. That's really good. All right, guys, we're going to break for an ad real quick. Then we're going to come back and hit the other half of these questions. Peace out. Hey, yo, welcome back, y'all. I know that it was probably only 30 seconds for you, but like for me and Ian, it was way longer. So it felt like a welcome back. Um, But yeah, we're not going to waste any time. We're just going to continue right on. We hope that you guys, you know, got a lot out of the first part. But now we're going to head into to part two. There was really no order in this either, so we're not, like, going in any direction. Um, but I wanted to hit on another question right off the bat. This one's a little more of a fun one. I think a lot of questions are, are like, give me advice. This one was kind of more of just a, a freedom for us to just speak a little bit, which is always good. So somebody wanted to know, they were like, hey, and this is super kind. They were like, hey, you know, I love – I love your faith. I love Ian's faith. I love all of your friends' faith. It's so cool to watch. Um, how'd you get there, basically? And, oh. Man. <laughs> God. That's, a, that's an excellent – yeah. And in short, just yeah. G- Jesus. And that it, it couldn't have been anybody else. Um, actually, I, I, it's funny. Right before we recorded this podcast, I was just on live telling my testimony. So if you wanted the long version, that's how I got there. I actually have a podcast episode. It was my first, my second podcast episode, I think ever, I recorded my testimony. So if you want to hear the long version, um, do that. Ian's been on a lot of podcasts and he's been on a lot of different Instagram posts. So if you go to his Instagram, you'll definitely find him talking a little bit about his story. I think for me, I'll, I'll try to do it in just like, like 30 seconds. For me, uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian family, so I kind of had to wing it on my own. The Lord, my story is mostly just a bunch of individual people that God sent into my life at different times that he used to help me know Jesus more and more and more until eventually I found a faith of my own. And, and, you know, once I found my faith, I was just hooked. And and I knew that there was nothing else in my life that I could do besides ministry and besides just loving Jesus and telling everybody about him. And it wasn't easy. It took about 18 years for me to figure it out. But now that I'm there, it's just a love that I never want to lose. And it's, it's, I've dedicated my life to it. Um, and I know Ian's story is, is a little bit similar, but I'll let him tell. Yeah. So for me, I grew up in a, a broken home, but a, a mother, my dad was not in the picture, a mother who loved Jesus with her whole heart. And I've seen her weeping over her Bible, covering her pages with just tears. Um, and so I had a really strong foundation of biblical knowledge, but I was living one foot in one foot out for Jesus. And so it wasn't until I got to college, which was the fall of 2020, that I really began taking ownership for my faith. And that was after a lot of stumbling, a lot of just trying to figure out what do I really value. 
And am I going to say that I believe in a God? Then I, if I say that there's a heaven and a hell, right, then I must really believe and act like it. I either was going to deny Jesus entirely. Or I was going to live fully for him. And thank goodness for the seeds that were planted in my life because right. um, I chose to follow him. But in terms of just like our friendships and the faith that you see exhibited on Instagram, I just want to say this and preface. Um, I appreciate compliments like that. And um, I would just say that, well, what I believe that my friends and a lot of people post is pretty authentic. I just want to say that there's so much more than what you see in a caption. There's so yeah. much more to what you see um, on a story. And um, there's a lot of hardships and there's a lot of really good things. And so um, just be careful um, by the way that and how much you allow what we post or what you allow other people and what they post to have on your life. Yeah. Um, just pursue a relationship with Jesus um, in your own time and on your, like your own, there's everybody's relationship <laughs> with Jesus is different, right? Like you just heard yeah. Joe's story versus mine, um, a little different, but we still love the same thing and we love the same person and we love the same values, the same morals, the same word of God. And so um, I would just say that. And I'm so thankful for the fact that I do have a firm friend group, but it doesn't, it's no supplication for God's word in my own relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it took us a long time to get here. We didn't always have these friends, this friend group. No. We're thankful for it. And I mean, what, what I will tell you, just to testify to what Ian's saying before we move on is, you know, you'll see the Instagram post that's like, man, this is so good. But you don't know that that, that was 20 hours of us battling with anxiety and, and pain. And then we see Jesus come out on the other side. And it's like, oh, let me just tell people how good God is. But what you didn't see was the 20 hour battle and the, and the doubt and the coming to Jesus and being like, yeah. like, why did you do this? Like screaming at him and crying over a Bible and just three hour phone call conversations with Ian where we're repenting. Yeah. And like you only get to see the, the end result of it and the encouraging part of it, but know that everybody's fighting their own battles. And I think Amen. for me, the reason that my faith has been more public is because God has told me that I exist on social media to just tell people about Jesus and that I can use my life as a way of letting others know that I'm a real person that goes through things. And you guys are also real people that go through mm. things and you can live a faith just as, just as outward and external as mine. And the reason I want it to be outward is because I want people to know that they don't need to hide their faith. They don't need to live a life of saying, I love Jesus, but I'm not going to tell anybody about him. I think the great commission makes it pretty clear. We exist and we live every day of our life, every breath to talk about Jesus and share him with others. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I feel like I've dedicated my existence to doing. And I know Ian's the same way and, and you guys can be that way too. It's not like we're some unreachable thing. I mean, we're just as broken as y'all and we go through Amen. stuff too. I sin every day. I sin, I sin twice a day, probably four, five, 30 times. Yeah. 30 times. <laughs> 70 times seven. <laughs> yeah. I sin a lot of times, um, yes. but to continue on uh, just to continue, I guess on the stuff that has to do with us, they were asking, I know we were talking a little bit about it, but, a lot of people have asked this question. So it's kind of a big compilement one. Our friend group, the friendships that we have found, how do you find a godly friend group like what we have and like what so many of our TikTok and social media friends have? How do you get that? How do you find that, Ian? Um, well, like we were just talking about, you don't necessarily always see the, the, all the pain, the prayers, the crying that goes into things. And I think that I can specifically attest to the fact that um, I've been – trying to follow Christ, you know, most of my life, obviously I talked about, you know, being one foot in one foot out, but part of that was just not having good friends in my life. And so 
Um, for me, I was, you know, it's December. I'm coming home from, or coming back to school from home. And, and I'm just praying. I'm like, God, give me Christian friends. God, give me people that I can like really have authentic, real raw conversations with. Give me people who um, can grow me. And six days later, God answered a prayer that I had been praying, you know, for several years. Um, and so yeah. I would just say that it's a lot of, A, you have to pray. And then you also have to be looking and searching in the right places. Like, now wonder you're not finding Christian friends at the parties you're at. Yeah. Wow. Like you have to look and evaluate where, where are you surround? What people are you surrounding yourself with? Um, is church just, you just go just to go in and out on a Sunday morning. Or are you getting involved? Are you serving? Are you um, trying to start a Bible study, trying to identify other Christians at your school? Um, don't just search for them and where everybody else is like in the world. Absolutely. I mean, and Ian's was this, this was the right answer from a spiritual standpoint and I'll hit it from a practical standpoint as well. I'll think of my best friends. I met Ian at a worship night. I met, I met Sophia at church. I met my TikTok friends from a worship gathering. Like all these people I'm meeting, like Ian were saying, like I met them at places that were gatherings of Jesus where people were coming together to know Christ because all of my friends are like-minded. My closest circle is people who love Christ and want to spend their entire life worshiping him. So I knew when I went to these things, these are people that I want to invest in. So I didn't have to worry about, is this person going to be cool or not? I was like, if they're at a worship night coming here to worship Jesus in 30 degree weather, they love him and I want to know him. So I didn't have to go through that weird process of, Oh, do I want to talk to them or not? I was like, you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Let's hang out. And that's how a lot of my friendships have been like, and it's always at the weirdest times and the weirdest places. Like Ian, Ian was spent, Ian spent years praying for friends. And I, I had just been in a season where I needed a best friend more than anything. And I've been praying for months about it. And God heard both of our prayers individually. And he knew that he wanted to connect us to that time because if me and Ian had met a year before, we probably wouldn't have been friends. We wouldn't have quit. We wouldn't a year later. So God's super intentional with the people he puts in your life. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, he still gives you the free will. He wants you to pursue friendships. He's, He's he can put people around you and in front of you, but you still have to make the effort to say, Hey, Let's go get coffee. Hey, let's talk about our testimony. Let's talk about Jesus. So take the steps to find yourself and surround yourself with people who love Jesus and just go from there. I promise you there's a million more friend groups of people that love Jesus. Ours may be put on social media and platforms more because a lot of people that we're friends with have a following on social media, but there's a million friend groups of people that gather and love Jesus together. Like I promise it's everywhere. We kind of assume it's nowhere it's just a lot of them are more under wraps and you got to put yourself in positions to find people. So you know what? In the most like old fashioned grandma way possible, go to church and keep going to church. <laughs> yep. If there's a young adults night, go to it. If there's a youth night, go to it. If there's a gathering, a worship night, go just, just show up and show up and show up and meet people. Like hmm. I met, I've met hundreds of people and it took a long time to find one like Ian. So just keep meeting people. Amen. And uh, another question. Let me get. Let me get a sip of water. All right, bet, dude. My voice is. Uh, my voice is suffering. Dude, hey, it's all good though. For Jesus, praise God. Um, another question. It's a super quick one. I thought this was a fun one to put here. What is a worship song that has spoken to you deeply in this season? Mm-hmm. What do you all think, right. Ian? Okay, automatically, I know exactly the song that I. Amen. Think of. Okay, no longer slaves. Um, Woo. 
I would say it probably saved my life, if I'm being honest. Part of my testimony is a period of time in high school, junior year, where I was faced with the reality that I had been sexually abused as a young boy, and there was some deep depression and just some really, really dark thoughts um, that came with that. Um, and there were periods of time when I couldn't walk down the, you know, the school hallway without busting down in tears and having to lock myself in a stall. So no longer slaves spoke to me and just the fact that it just sings so like joyfully and so powerfully, so confidently in the name of Jesus that we are no longer slaves to the burdens, the sin of this world and that Jesus has wiped our slate white as snow. And um, that was just so, um, so huge in my life as I walked through something that I felt was so, it just made me feel so guilty and so dirty, but yet mm. Christ sees me in a totally yeah. different light. I was a, that was a song that played before I saved or before I was saved. You know that? I did not know that. Hey, bro, look at God interconnecting. That's cool. Wow, yeah, that was crazy. On the parking deck, the night I gave my life to Jesus, I played that song on guitar and then immediately got wrecked right after. So, I'm let you know. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, No Longer Slaves is a banger. But I think in this season, a song that has been speaking to me in like a really <laughs> – I think it's cool how like a simple song can hold so much power. Right. And that's it's a beautiful thing. Um, For me, it has been – there's a song called Palm of Your Hand by Harvest Worship. And it's a simple message. It's just saying, God, like, here I am in the palm of your hand. And like, that's just a repeated message through it. And for me, it's like, help me to recognize, yes, God loves me, but he literally holds me. Like he is in complete yeah. control in the totality of his power and his greatness. I am merely in the palm of his hand. and He can do whatever he wants with me, but he, he chooses to let me love him. He chooses to let me serve. He chooses to give me all these incredible opportunities and gifts and talents and abilities. It's like, God, I solely belong to you and you're using me because you can, and you're that good. So for me, it's been like a, every time I hear it, I have to do a little praise dance because I get to realize that my savior is perfect and my savior is powerful. And just because mm -hmm. I, just because he's my savior, I alone have already won every battle I face. Amen. Like, that's pretty crazy. Um, it is. But I love that one. I kind of I saved the backside for the more short and fun questions, which I love. Um, another question that we had off the topic of worship and moving into social media stuff. How do you – This is I'm reading what she's saying. How do you have the boldness to post so openly about, you know, your struggles, your pain, your anxiety, your hurt? And then, Ian, for you, like – your story and what you went through, like how do you find the ability to just be so free and open on a public platform about what you went through? That's a, that's a great question. And I think I would first say that before anyone ever posts anything like super raw and open, you have to ask yourself, there's things that come with that. Um, and it's such an amazing thing to be able to talk about the hardships. And I think Joe can attest to this, but there's also some struggles that come with it. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen God just be able to provide strength to speak on it because there are, it's, it's hard sometimes to have anxiety yeah. about what I post or what people might think of me because I'm talking about things that aren't commonly spoken about, whether it's church hurt, sex, abuse. Um, there's just a variety of different topics. And so for me, I think that it was just experiencing people in my own life being really vulnerable with me and telling me their story that made mm -hmm. me realize how much power our stories have uh, 
like other people need to hear our story. Other people need to hear the, the things that we're going through, because if everyone just is quiet about their hardships, then we begin to feel really alone. And we know from Genesis chapter one, that it's bad for man to be alone. That's why God gave Adam Eve. And so we need other people. We need other community to be able to walk alongside of us. And so social media has allowed me to just really use social media. Like you were saying earlier in the podcast about, you know, sharing the gospel, I think too, it's just like, what is the purpose of us being on social media? I don't want it to be for my own name. I have nothing to offer people. Yeah. But I do have the fact that Jesus saved my life and gave me a new perspective and has allowed me to walk through these hard things. So why am I not sharing about that? It would be a missed opportunity for us not to be sharing those things. And that's my personal conviction. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and so that's. I don't have... go you can go. No, I want you to go. <laughs> you always that's say just... good things. After I try to cut you off, you always come back in with something fire. So I knew that um, it was about to be good. Continue. And, and that's just where I'm coming from. And ultimately, like, I think that the Lord has, there's certain people that like have a, the ability to um, say th- things within a, a group setting, a group crowd. And then we need those people um, that are able to just really mentor people one-on-one in person. And honestly, yeah. one of the things that I struggle with is discipling people in person. Like that's one of the things that I'm working on. My mentor is constantly nagging me about that. And so while I'm able to share things on social media, there are other aspects of my faith that I'm still working on. And so yeah. it's kind of like a give and a take type of thing. And so there's no, this is better than the other. We all have different parts Absolutely. and we use our stories differently. And so I yeah. think that some people may see Joe talk about, you know, anxiety or the different sins that he's struggling with and be like, dang, why can't I be real with, other people when I can't even be real with myself but mm. you have to understand that there um there's just a lot of it's a multifaceted type issue a topic yeah, yeah. and just to be, to be raw about like for me I think personally in honesty I've been I've stewarded a platform that has always been very very vulnerable I think from the since the time I started social media which about three years ago is when I first started posting about like my anxiety and what I've walked through. So for me, it's almost second nature now. Like I don't even think about the fact that like, Oh, it's social media. You shouldn't post about your vulnerability. I think for me, it's just, it's like, this is what I would talk about to people in person. So this is what I'm going to say on social media. I want to be this. I want to be the same person all the way through. But I think like you, Ian was saying, if you haven't faced this in your own time and you haven't walked through this by yourself, don't bring it to others because you have to make sure you know why you're doing the things you're doing and and that you know your motives. For me, I have to make sure before I post something like that, that my motives are to share share with people for the purpose of Jesus working in their life, not for the purpose of them empathizing with me, sympathizing with me, giving me affirmation or validation. I have to make Mm. sure, hey, that I'm posting this because by posting this, I'm being obedient to Christ. Um, And also something that's like a small tip, me and Ian were talking about this last night, is you have to make sure that you're always sharing scars and you're not sharing wounds. And what I mean by that is sharing a scar is saying, hey, this is something that happened and has been healed. And I'm speaking about it. Sharing a wound is saying, hey, this is something that I'm still in right now. Here, know all about it. So the thing with wounds is like, hey, this is still happening. And I haven't even myself been healed from it. So I probably shouldn't be the one that's preaching about how to face it. But if it's a scar, that's saying, hey, this is something that I walked through and I'm on the other side of, 
let me talk to you about it. So for me, mm. personally, conviction-wise, I make sure that I'm only ever preaching about scars. That's why for a long time, you would never see me preach to people about lust and say, hey, stop lusting. Because I myself was in a season where I was still dealing with lust. So until it was something that I could overcome and, and walk past, I didn't want to tell other people and seem hypocritical. So I always want to make sure I'm coming from a place of faith and love and mm. obedience, not from a place of trying to gain validation or affirmation or even being in a, uh, a season or a moment of hypocrisy. Yeah. And that, and me, and ob- notice how even in me and Ian's answers, we both have a personal conviction that has to do with why we do the things we do. So for you, do the same thing, you know, pray about it, figure out what God wants you to use your platform for if he does it all and, and just walk in it. Like Ian specifically has been called to share about his abuse story. And that's what God has led him into. For me, I feel very specifically called to just continue to make Instagram a place of real of vulnerability because I don't mm-hmm. want people to hide things. So we both have a specific calling and we're just trying to be obedient to God. And at the end of the day, like, like I think what Ian can agree with this, we don't really think about it that much in a sense of like, oh, that was so bold. It's kind of just like, this is what God's calling us to do and we want to do it to the best of our ability. Um, so I think it's funny when you get affirmation and validation for stuff like that because it's like, that's not what it's for. And I think, I think when, when you face that, that's how you know you're in a good place. When you're confused as to why people are affirming you, it's like, okay. But if you're doing it for the affirmation, you should probably check yourself and maybe not post until that, that, that no longer becomes your motive. Um, last question. I, I love this question. And Ian, I saved it just for you. <laughs> um, what is your, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to word it in a good way. All right. Tell us, it's a two part question. Um, tell us first about how you guys met. So me and you, how we met. And then secondly, just spend 30 seconds exhorting and encouraging that person. Oh. Isn't that fire? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is so good. I could do way more than 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Um, you want me to take about how we met or you want to give a quick rundown? Um, you can, you can speak about how we met and I'll fill in All the right. links. Okay. So like we said, I think earlier in the podcast, we met at a worship night. It was called I followed Joe on social media for a minute. I actually kind of came at him once um, over a sound <laughs> he used on a TikTok. And so I don't think he was a big fan of me, but nonetheless, I ended up coming to a worship night that he had posted on his Instagram story. And we went to Waffle House and then didn't really think much of it. A month and a half later, I was at another worship night that he posted on his Instagram and we ended up connecting that time. And just, we prayed. That was like the first thing that we did. I yeah. like, met you and we were like, let's pray. Yeah. And so we prayed with Sophia. And then in the car ride after, we were trying to go to IHOP or something, but it was closed. And you and um, Jalen were in the car and you guys were just like, yeah, you were an answer to prayer. And you guys prayed with me and we prayed for like 10 minutes, I swear. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And since then, yeah, you've just been super intentional and we've worked really hard to Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know if, I don't even know if I've talked to you about this per this specific part, but the cool thing about it guys, like in retrospect is that the worship night that Ian came to, um, I had just gotten home from college and I had an ex-girlfriend that we hadn't spoken years. Like we were not friends, didn't talk. And she reached out to me randomly like a, that same day and was like, Hey, can we talk? And we found restoration that day. And because of the restoration we found, she invited me to the worship night and told me to invite people. So that night I put it on my story and Ian came. 
So if we hadn't had that talk that day, yeah. we never would have been at the worship night. We never would have wow. met each other. So it was like, that's how God's so intentional. And like to go back to what we were talking about with friendships, like God yeah. orchestrates things really well and he knows what we need most and when we need it. And God was good and God will use people like God used my ex-girlfriend to bring me and Ian together. So right. that's a really cool thing. Um, and we'll finish with our uh, little encouragement party. You want you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, bet. All right, ah! I got thirty seconds. I'm looking at the clock. Ready? Go. Um, <laughs> I think that Joe, you love people so well. Um, like we were talking about the overloving. You just know how to love people in a way that they receive it the best. And so I'm always encouraged by that, and I'm encouraged just by your intentionality. I think additionally, you're really good about um, just reaching out consistently you're really good at building friendships based off of jesus and just real from the start um you have amazing music taste and you're super talented in leading worship and speaking and i'm just excited to see where god takes you in the season of pastoring at lake point and then in the future as you continue to serve the lord through ministry dang bro <laughs> my heart all right i'll try to do mine fast so i don't ball <laughs> Um, I'm waiting my clock gets to, I'm gonna wait till it gets to 24 five and then I'll go till 24 35. All right. Um, Ian, you are, you said I was intentional. I think compared to you, it's nothing. You have the utmost intentionality in the way that you speak to everyone. Everyone you meet is a friend. Everyone you meet is somebody you immediately love. It's easy to be your friend because your only stipulation is, Hey, if you love Jesus, well, we're going to be best friends. And you carry that into everything you do. You are a minister of the gospel. You are deeply gifted and anointed in a lot of ways that I'll never even dream of being able to get to. And beyond everything, you are a consistent friend that never stops reaching out and never stops correcting me. And I love you for that. Amen. Amen. And I went love five you. seconds over, but you deserve 40 seconds. Um, and I'll just stand by that. Don't make me blush. Guys, we love y'all. And I think the cool thing about this podcast is like we try not to make it super formal. We want it to be basically like you're listening in on me and Ian's FaceTime. And Which is basically kinda, what's happening. And I, and I hope that's kind of like what it was. You know, I want it to always be super raw and unedited and just that's what's up. And that's what I like to do. So we try to keep it that way. We appreciate y'all. We hope whenever you do get to listen to this that you were encouraged. You can find either of us on Insta. Reach out to us if you have any questions about anything we said. You want more clarity. Make sure you get into your Bibles and read about all the stuff that we said so you can actually believe it for yourself and learn it for yourself. But yeah, peace out. Ian, I love you. I love you. People love you. (laughs) Bye. That's a good night. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Talks podcast. I hope that the Lord spoke to you in a supernatural, unique way and that your heart was changed. You can find my podcast on Instagram at the Jesus Talks podcast. And you can also find my personal Instagram as well at Joe J. Dow. Come give it a follow. Let me know in the direct messages what you thought, what you want to hear more of. And until next time, I love you and Jesus does too.